Hello, On Being community. I'm Lily Percy, On Being's executive producer. You might also know me from our lovely Fetzer ad. Support for On Being with Kristen Tippett comes from the Fetzer Institute. That's me. I speak English. I can. Uh, I'm joined by Erin Farrell, who's our chief operating officer. Erin. Hi. That's her voice. You can distinguish it from the other woman talking, a.k.a. me. And Casper Turkile. Hello. I didn't get to introduce you first. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, weird. You All jumped I need in is a early. name. <laughs> You're just constantly waiting for your name to be mentioned, and then you just come in. Casper <laughs> uh, Turkile, the new executive director for On Being's Impact Lab. Is that your actual title? Is that, that correct? Is, yeah, okay. that is my actual title. We're going to talk about you in a minute. Calm down. <laughs> but really, we're going to start by asking our beloved leader, Krista Tippett, a few questions uh, and share with you some exciting updates that are going on uh, with On Being. So, Krista most people, because they're devoted listeners, know all of the backstory to On Being and how you started it and where it's come. But I'd love to hear from you in your own words. What is the story behind On Being? How did this all begin? Oh, such a big question. <laughs> Bigger with every passing year. Longer. Exactly. Um, it's such an interesting question because I feel like the world has changed so much. Mm. So in the mid-90s, Late 90s, having been a journalist, coming out of divinity school. So this was the moral majority. There, this was this moment where a lot of very loud, strident religiosity mm. had kind of claimed its place and was everywhere. And actually, religion was in the headlines. And then in the years I was creating the show, you know, we went through... September 11th, mm. we had an evangelical president in the White House. So there was a lot of religiosity in the headlines and my and a lot of kind of new curiosity about it, but also a lot of religious people getting quiet because mm. they didn't want to be associated with, with the loud and, voices. And, and journalists, I felt, colluding mm. with handing over the microphones and cameras to the loudest voices. And what time period would this be? This, this would be like, like mid, eight, mid to late Got 90s it. Got it. and then into the turn of the century. And um, I just felt that this is such an important part of life, this, this huge part of life, which we call religion, you know, where religion happens, spirituality, moral imagination, and that we didn't have any places where we were talking about the sweep of that. Mm. And even, you know, even when when these voices hit the news, you didn't get the spiritual content of this part of life, much less the intellectual content yeah. of this part of life. And the, the nuance and, and really the breadth of the ways this is lived. And so that was my desire to mm. do that. And I thought public radio would be a place to do that. But I think what we started doing from the very beginning was um, you know, drawing out a different kind of conversation, voices that weren't being heard. Mm -hmm. um, it was very focused on religion per se. And then we moved through the the backlash to that, which is what I think the, the new atheist was, new atheist movement. Um, what was interesting to me about all of that, you know, this kind of very strident anti-religion. Um, coming through all of that, this new conversation that's happening across these lines, across religious lines, across boundaries of religious and non-religious, mm. all kinds of scientific inquiry and theology and spiritual inquiry. Mm. And so when you ask me like what this is and what yeah. it's become, it's been so fluid mm -hmm. and evolving. And that's also why you decided 
um, and your your team decided at the time, I think this is 2010, to change the name of the show from Speaking of Faith to On Being. Yes. Was this kind of fluidity? That kind of fluidity and who we realized was in the audience. So from the very beginning, it was so fascinating. Even when the show was called Speaking of Faith, there was, as I came to understand the how problematic the, the word faith is, mm. you know, it is a Christian word. Um, it's, a, it's a word that's meaningful for many Christians. Um, it's not even a Jewish word. It's not a Muslim word. Um, but ultimately, it was a name we were always having to explain away and overcome. And it didn't, it wasn't actually hospitable to, to the breadth of people in, who were actually listening. Mm. And also, I think ultimately after five years, it didn't describe what was happening in the show. Because speaking of faith kind of sounds like you're speaking of certainties and beliefs. And in mm. fact, we're... What I realized is what we're really exploring and what allows it to be a, a really expansive conversation is the animating questions behind this part of life. So speaking of faith, it didn't even describe what was going on in the conversations. Mm-hmm. So you were talking about how that name change of speaking of faith to on being happened because you realized that the conversation you were having was really more about questions and certainty. Yeah. And I just I know that you often talk about these kind of three questions that you're always asking, these animating questions that are at the center of your conversation. I don't think a lot of listeners know what those three questions are. Can mm-hmm. you tell so us a little bit about what them? does it mean to be human? Yeah. How do we want to live? And who will we be to each other? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that in a, in trying to figure out what is it we're doing and and what should be the name of this show, that's when I started to understand that everybody I'm talking to, even you know, even somebody like Yaroslav Pelikan, who's the great theologian of Christian tradition and, Christ- and creeds across history, that at, at the heart of it, also what, what everyone is after is this question of who we are and mm-hmm. why we're here and what matters in a life. Mm-hmm. So those questions that you're talking about, I mean, you could have continued to ask those questions in your radio show, in the podcast. But then in 2013, you decided that you were going to start your own production company and start your own company, really, you know, which was first called Krista Tippett Public Productions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mostly because you d- couldn't come up with any other name. It was a, right. a, a I hated that name, years. but we didn't know exactly. it. It takes five yeah. years. Yeah. Yeah. Lizzo yeah. made it sound good. So. Exactly. Yeah. And now it's, it's called The On Being Project. Mm-hmm. And I'd love for you to tell us the story behind, first of all, why did you even decide this was a good idea? I mean, this is a scary idea. It's something that a lot of people, you know, would never even try because you were successful. You were good at what you were doing. Things were working well. Why why venture into this new opportunity as a businesswoman? Mm-hmm. And then talk a little bit about what you see the difference between being between on being, you know, as we know it as the public radio show and podcast, and then the on being project. Mm. We, in 2011, which was around the same year that we changed the name of the show, we had some extra funding from the Lilly Endowment to do some really deep audience engagement research. And what came back at us was, um, it's not that we weren't hearing anything we hadn't heard before from people writing to us, but it was it was such an affirmation of, and, and, and so much more a sense of the scale of, that, that this content we were creating was really entering people's lives. Mm-hmm. It was really entering their lives. They were taking it to their lives. They were working with it. It was changing them. They were, it was starting conversations that they felt couldn't have happened before. It was being used by teachers. You know, the, there were interesting things people said. Like, you know, this, I listen to this and it, it gives me energy for the work I do. Like whatever mm-hmm. that work was. Mm-hmm. As a nurse or a teacher or, uh, 
you know, in business um, or accounting. And I, I think that's kind of nurturing, you know, nurturing this who am I question and what matters in a life, which so, but just giving and pe- giving people a sense of belonging to something larger and not being alone. I feel like the people who are in our listening community are people who are committed to crafting lives of beauty and dignity and of moving through the the hard things that happen. Mm-hmm. And um, I think a lot of people feel alone mm-hmm. in that aspiration. Yeah. Um, to varying degrees. And so the other thing we kept hearing is, you know, people hear the show and they realize they're not alone, that there's this web of people out there in different fields um, who also have that des- that desire, that desire for themselves and that do- that desire for our world. So getting this research back, I just felt like we have a responsibility to mm. this. Mm. And that launched... And that launched, yeah. Krista Tippett Public Productions. Yeah. You know I always hated that bit. <laughs> <laughs> so now it's the On Being Project, yeah. and it's going to be five years on July 1st I know. since you started this company. Oh, I can't believe it's wow. five years. Yeah. Oh. So tell us a little bit about what the On Being Project means, because it's no longer just about the public radio show and the podcast, mm-hmm. On Being. So, again, I think we are. I think we're naming something... In retrospect, like we we're yeah. understanding something, and the name is catching up. Yeah, and um, there's a pattern. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, particularly yeah. the use of the word project, right? Yes. Which I know was yes. something that was important in that. Yes. Yeah. So, so we moved out <laughs> of APM and became this little independent nonprofit, and there were so many things we had to learn on the fly, like how do you create a little nonprofit yeah. and. Uh, build out a space and, you know, eventually get a new distributor. And so there was a lot of just building, kind of granular building yeah. in those first years. Uh, but there was also this incredible freedom to try things. Yeah. So there was more Civil Conversations Project and there was a poetry radio project. And, you know, Trent Gillis was with us then and did a lot of innovative things online. We created the blog. Yep. We created the columnists. Mm-hmm. And... um we did, you know, your audio selfie. We started doing many more live events. Yeah. You and yeah. I are on the road more than we now realize we should be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but we've really learned how to do that, yeah. to take the show on the road. Um, and I think we finally got to the point after about three years where we, we in this last kind of year and a half, where we really yeah. said we're not, a, we're moving out of that startup mode. And we're really going to lay the, create the organizational depth and operational sophistication to meet the sophistication and the maturity that we now have on the production mm. and content side. Mm-hmm. Um, and that also means being able to create new and different kinds of content, like this movie changed me. Yeah. And, um, you know, to experiment with the blog in ways to come. And then the newest piece that we've added to this, which we've now created the Impact Lab, mm. which, you know, very much... Um, is very consonant with that impulse of of 2011 and, and five years ago to serve the impact we were having. Yeah. That we couldn't, that we didn't really, we didn't engineer that. It happened. I think it mirrors somehow the the intentionality that we, with which we create the show. Mm-hmm. But still it feels like this great gift and this great responsibility. And the Impact Lab is now like taking us to this whole new level of being able to, to be of service. Mm-hmm. And then... Here we are in 2018, 
in a very, in a fractured world, mm-hmm. right? In a hurting world. And yet a world with, I mean, there's, we're in this, we're in this moment of passage and we're in this moment of generational change. And I think we're in a moment where there's huge culture shift happening. And right now, the destructive aspects of that are are really on display and better covered. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot that's new that's being created. There's a lot of denial that's dying. There's a lot of generative possibility and people living into it. And I think the Impact Lab is just going to equip us um, that much more intentionally and practically to meet that. Mm. It's fascinating to me that this has also evolved to meet the current need. You know, just how you started mm-hmm. speaking of faith to meet the need to basically elevate religious voices that weren't being represented. Mm. Now it sounds a lot like you are also thinking, how do we elevate the voices of bridge people? Mm. Something yes. you talk about yes. often. Yes. And that seems to be the need. Casper, yes. I'd love for you to talk a little bit about Impact Lab and, and you know, which Krista is, is referring to and what you envision for it and what your role is in it as well. Yeah, well, it's such an exciting time for all of us. Um, so together with my two colleagues, uh, Sue Phillips and Angie Thurston, um, I'd been working on a project based at Harvard Divinity School, also in partnership with the, the aforementioned Fetzer Institute, um, <laughs> really trying to serve an ecosystem of new communities and new community leaders that are emerging as these shifting sands of spiritual and religious affiliation change around us, and particularly thinking about reconnecting intergenerational relationships, mm. um, matching younger community leaders with elders, for example, hosting gatherings where these leaders might find kind of spiritual resources uh, to sustain them in their work. And the more that we were in relationship with Krista and the On Being team, the more we realized like we're really connected here. This mm-hmm. this this ecosystem we're all working within, we really have a shared mission. Mm-hmm. So together we've created this, this impact lab, which is really a, a space for us to try and go deeper. Mm. Um, the conversations that Krista has with her conversation partners on the show, what does that look like in our lives? Yeah. How do we develop the virtues that we talk about in our parenting, in our workplace, in mm-hmm. our uh, civic relationships. And so we're really exploring this, in some ways, very old-fashioned word of formation, mm. of becoming the kind of people that we are meant to be mm. in some way, that we are called to be, especially in this moment, um, and thinking about what are the spiritual technologies that can help us develop those virtues. So we are thinking of all sorts of projects, big and small, <laughs> um, which everyone will be hearing about very soon in, yes. in, in the coming months and years. But really, that's our key question is to, to figure out how can we offer formation experiences and products and gatherings that mm-hmm. will, will help all of us live into the fullness of who we can become. Mm. And we had, speaking of gatherings, we had our first <laughs> yes, we did. on being <laughs> gathering this past February. 500 people. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so curious actually to hear from you, knowing about all the work that you've been doing to form community, how did that gathering inform the Impact Lab and what you vision for it? So important. I mean, it was an opportunity, I think, for so many of us who love the show to come together and see, as Krista was saying, that you're not alone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah. Because, I mean, one of the beauties of audio is that it is so intimate. But yes. the, the downside of that is that it is often solitary. And yeah. so mm-hmm. you don't feel that sense of connection. So to be in the same place mm-hmm. um, amongst the redwood trees of California, yeah. uh, you know, mm-hmm. um, there was a very special sense of togetherness mm-hmm. and a sense of shared mission almost, that each of us might be living out 
the, this ethos in different spheres of work, professional mm-hmm. life, uh, and our own familial, you know, personal settings, but a, a shared sense of of direction and mm-hmm. a way of doing. Or a way of being. That's mm-hmm. really what I'm trying mm-hmm. to say. And a way of even being with strangers. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We yeah. had these long tables yeah. where people yeah. sat down at meals. And, you know, it, it made me realize, like, dinner is one of our spiritual technologies. Absolutely. Yes. And yeah. that's that's yes. how we're going to do this work. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so to, to embody that, even for three, four days, was such a special thing. Mm-hmm. And to hear what our listening community wants more of, that mm-hmm. they want to be mm-hmm. together more. They want yeah. to dig into these conversations mm-hmm. themselves. Um, so it, it's been incredibly inspiring. And, you uh, Yes, we feel the excitement and the yeah. energy of what's possible. And um, the need, right? Yeah, Absolutely. the need. Totally. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. it's, it, you know, I think in this moment where, where so many of us are skeptical of our institutions, often for good reason, to to be a place that people trust and want to hear from and learn from and engage with. Yes. It's such a privilege for us to to try and serve that need. So, mm-hmm. um, yes, watch this space. More news soon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron, I'd love for you to talk a little bit about your role in the creation of the On Being project, because in mm-hmm. many ways, actually, the retitling of this company happened mm-hmm. after you came on. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. just <laughs> would love to hear a little bit about what you've been working with since September when yeah. you first came on. I know, which is crazy <laughs> to think hilarious? about. Yeah. And your own vision for yeah. what this can be. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's been about I joined in September of 2017 and it's been about eight months or so. And it's just it's pretty extraordinary the amount of hard, hard work um, that has happened in that time um, across our entire project. I felt incredibly lucky and full of gratitude to walk into a space that, you know, obviously the content was so already extraordinary and um, connected and, and helped connect so many people in their lives but it was also um, it was a space that it was everyone was tired yeah. <laughs> to be wildly honest. Yeah. You know, it was yeah. a startup. Yeah. And I think that's maybe something that would be surprising to folks because, mm. you know, it was this small but mighty team and everyone was, you know, kind of in typical startup mode. Everyone's yeah. wearing 17 different hats yeah. and with, you know, only an interest to do more in the world. Um, and so. I was able to kind of come in and just maybe take a minute and say, what do, what do we mean to each other internally? What else yeah. do we need? Yeah. Um, how can we operationalize behind that? Mm-hmm. And how can I be of service of to you? And, you know, in eight months, we've nearly tripled in size. We've added multiple new areas within the organization. Um, we've held our first big gathering. Yeah. We've continued to keep to the very aggressive production schedule we already have. Mm-hmm. Um and, and I think that it's also very organic to who we are. Yeah. I think, you know, all of the questions that drive on being um, already are the questions that we had to really ask ourselves. And mm-hmm. then to create a work environment um, in a shared space and a community environment that um, also lived up to all of those virtues and values itself. Mm. Yeah. Um, we talk a lot about hospitality here and mm-hmm. what that means to us and you know, it's not just about grabbing water um, or having a nicely laid table. It's yeah. it's really helping to meet people where they are. And the On Being Project, I think, is so primed with just this extraordinary staff to, you know, re-engage with our community in a new way and to deliver on this hospitality to meet people in so mm. many different places mm. and to just carry forth all of this beautiful work that started when mm. you when you started this organization just a handful of years ago. So, mm. yeah. I love that you mentioned, Aaron, 
two things, which is hospitality and also community. I mm-hmm. mean, mm-hmm. as a Hispanic person, that is like the tenets of being Hispanic <laughs> is, you know, eating as well. So it's like community, <laughs> hospitality and food. Um, but I think those are two key things to everything that we do at the mm-hmm. On Being Project. And community in particular is something that I feel so proud of that we engage with our community in the mm-hmm. way that we do. And I know one way that we always did, and and this is the reality of the departure of Trent Gillis, was with the newsletter, mm-hmm. you know, which is his. He very much owned mm-hmm. it and was the voice of it. And when he left the company at the end of November, you know, we all decided we're going to take a pause and step back and, and listen to our community and the needs that they have from this newsletter. Mm-hmm. And I know that we're preparing ourselves to launch. And I wonder if you can give a little preview to the listeners about what they can expect uh, from this experiment moving forward as far as our newsletter is concerned. Well, the language of pause was exactly the right <laughs> word to use because our newsletter is called The That pause. wasn't even intentional. I'm not even kidding. I didn't even like That's it. how good you are. That's yeah. how good I am. That's yeah. right. Yeah. But it's really an opportunity to do what Aaron was just saying in terms of reflecting back to the community, the community itself in mm-hmm. some way. So yeah. we'll be sharing our favorite things that we've seen online over the last week. We'll be obviously sharing the most recent episodes uh, of On Other Being. content on our, our blog as well Absolutely. and our content in our mm-hmm. other audio spaces. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really going to be a place where we hope a conversation can continue. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really just the first thing of a, of a number of things that are going to be shared with our community. And, I, I, you know, I think often of one of my favorite conversations that Krista had, which was with um, Jean Vanier, the founder uh-huh. of Lash. Yeah. And it was somewhere he writes that a, if a community is only for itself, it will die. Mm-hmm. which I thought was so striking because I think that's yeah. that's one of the things that I'm I'm most passionate about as we think about building community and building mm-hmm. relationships is is that it isn't just for itself it's it's for a world transformed in some mm-hmm. way and so I think whether it's our audio work or mm-hmm. you know civil conversations uh, prompts through through the cards that we're testing at the moment if each of these can accompany people and encourage people um to to live more boldly uh, mm-hmm. and to to go out into the world and and build what they dream is possible Mm -hmm. that's really what I hope our community can accomplish in Mm -hmm. some way or can be as it lives yeah and I know Krista you know one of the things that um, really energizes you when you're on the road and meeting people Mm -hmm. is is the conversation you have directly with them and the questions that you received yes and I wonder if you can talk a little bit about how you envision opening new opportunities for that just here in the company itself and and how you're thinking through that yeah I mean what I've experienced over and over again in just so many different places, so many different settings, is how what a kind of countercultural cross-section of humanity we have in our mm-hmm. media space, which I again I feel like is such a treasure. Like we it have really to is. we have to be responsible towards that. It keeps using using that word. And I think um, you know, Casper used the word transformation. You know, I, again, an, another way to talk about the place where we're working, what what we believe in, what we're what we're fostering is um, the human transformation that makes social mm-hmm. transformation possible. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think in a, you know in American life where we're so action oriented and so kind of save the world, big picture oriented, like this this human piece gets neglected, and so we need all of that. But this I think is also why we have I feel burnout. good about <laughs> this is why we have burnout. I, so I think so I feel good about the fact that here we are as this project, like we're we're focusing on that that human piece of it, yeah. and so mm-hmm. and somehow that's always been woven into there's a human touch. Mm-hmm. In in terms of how we create the content, how it seems to be received, and even in our digital spaces, and um, I think in this period of rapid growth, like the, these are the questions there. The, we we haven't been able to do everything at once, and so these are the questions <laughs> we're really taking up now. Mm-hmm. How do we really 
create like a social presence to match who we are and mm-hmm. all these things that are going on. And we're, we're on that. Um, I do love being out there. Mm-hmm. And then I also get really tired, yeah. <laughs> yeah. as Aaron said. And so, so like, I do feel like, I feel like as this team gets in place, um, I feel like part of the space that opens up is that I am more out in the world. Mm-hmm. I like speaking. I like being in it. I like, you know, there's something, of course, it's amazing to have a conversation that a million people are going to be listening in on at some point. But it's also really, it can be just really important what happens in a room with 50 people or 500 people. It's a different kind of impact, but it's Mm -hmm. just as important. I love, like, I guess I've realized over time, I believe in conversation and I like both sides of a conversation. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So I really like the, I like the having questions coming at me part of it too. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're talking about, and, you know, you and I are talking about starting something where every week maybe we'll find a way to... um, for people to surface the questions on their minds. Yeah. And then for me to just respond to something for 15 minutes every week. And mm-hmm. then whether that becomes part of the Becoming Wise podcast or the yeah. On Being podcast or whatever we do with that. Yeah. Um, I'm excited about that, about building in this kind of reciprocity and this two-way exchange or multi-way exchange. Uh, but, it, I mean, this is the fun part now that we've – that Aaron has helped us create capacity that we can also play now. Yeah. We can mm-hmm. play at a different scale. Mm. Beautifully said. Lily, you've been asking lots of questions yeah. of us, and I, I wondered, is there something you'd like to share about the, the as executive producer of On Being Studios, as you are now? Obviously, we launched uh, This Movie Changed Me. Yeah, There's February. February, many episodes. I, I had a certain guest talk about You've Got Mail. Episode three, I think it was yes. a real standout. It was episode three. That one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was Casper talking about you've got mail, just in case you don't get get yeah. that. Best movie ever. But uh, tell us a little bit about your vision going forward as we think about, you know, expanding our, our podcasting home. Well, I'm really excited about playing, as Krista talked about, and experimenting. And I think one of the things that uh, we talk about here collectively when we think about growing On Being Studios and a podcast portfolio, which sounds so fancy, um, <laughs> Is, is having the opportunity to give voice to people who aren't being given that opportunity elsewhere, mm. but then also making sure that we're listening to our community for what they need and want from us, right? So thus far, yeah, it's, it's looked as, it's taken the form of This Movie Changed Me, which is, you know, a, a different kind of pop culture podcast, but really has a lot of the same questions of meaning that Krista asks on On Being. Um, and then we are thinking through what was once called Becoming Wise, maybe called that, maybe a different name, mm-hmm. and thinking through what that should be. You know, we've heard for a long time from our, our listeners that they'd like to have the option of shorter form content to accompany them when they don't have 51 minutes to listen to On Being. Um, just really thinking through um, what that should look like. What should that short form content be? I think one of the things that I find so fortunate and that I'm grateful for working here is that we give a lot of time to asking what's the best thing for our our Mm -hmm. community. Mm -hmm. It's not just, you know, what would make us the most money or what's going to get us that listenership or in the top 10 of the Apple podcasts. Mm -hmm. Um, It really is, you know, what do they need from us? And we take that very seriously. And Mm -hmm. so moving forward with with this portfolio idea of podcasts that's going to be at the center of it is Mm -hmm. who do we want to partner with? What kind of content do we want to create that is going to be additive? Mm -hmm. That's so exciting. I really admire, Liliana, what you've also created alongside Mariah Helgeson and Kristen Lynn as part of our editorial team. Yes. What you guys have done with the blog and in, you know, um, in our .org spaces as well and really 
shifting the approach and testing new things and then also bringing in so many just extraordinary voices. Um, It's been really incredible to see how you guys have uh, continued to evolve that space. I'm so proud of the the blog because it's something that's singular in media companies, in particular in other programs that are have public radio shows at the center of them, um, like we did. And obviously now the podcast is a huge community for us. But no one else has a blog the way we do that is just as thoughtful and um, additive and mm. also that's lifting up voices from people, again, that aren't often heard in media spaces. Mm. And I think it's just one of the many wonders of the On Being Project So final thoughts as we wrap up our conversation here. Krista, I'd love to hear you talk about what our community can expect from us as we move forward. One of the most important moves we made as a project a long time ago was to be listening, to be a listening project. And so, yes, there are conversations where I'm an interviewer and I'm listening Mm -hmm. to my guests, but I feel like it's something we were all doing collectively and we yeah. were listening to the world and we were listening to the mm-hmm. culture. We were listening to this evolving encounter we're having with the spiritual part of life and with traditions and with moral questions and with spiritual formation, right? That is all just rapidly evolving. Like we are the, we are, what I now see that I, I wouldn't have said this 15 years ago. I now see that this is this is the first generation of humans, the first generation of people in our species who are essentially crafting their own spiritual lives, yeah. which is full of like uh, possibility and freedom and also very stressful and unnatural. Like this has been a given. This was inherited stuff. Mm. That's why we get to this moment of 2018 and it felt like we had we had also walked to this place where we can help meet this moment Mm -hmm. and bring something to be a nourishing force in this moment. And so I just think, like, if we keep walking forward and creating and innovating in that spirit, you know, most of what we're going to do, we can't predict right now because it is going to emerge from what is happening and we are going to be paying attention. Yeah, which means that we'd love to hear from our community. Mm -hmm. So, yes. We will, we will co-create that. Yeah, which means email us. Please tweet at us. I don't know what the verb for Facebooking is. Facebook us? <laughs> I don't know. Message us. I'm like 85. This is basically <laughs> what I'm learning. Yeah. Message really us good. on Facebook. You're an old millennial. Yeah. Put are. comments on Facebook. <laughs> You're what an elder, happens a on Facebook? Elder. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. Um, but really, I treasure, we all treasure, we talk yes. about it weekly, how important it is to hear from yeah. You, Mm -hmm. our community, our community of listeners. So please let us know what you need from us and continue to just be in conversation with us as we move forward. Thanks, Liliana. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. (laughs) That was fun.